Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Amen. Once you stand this morning, let's honor the reading of God's Word. If you got your Bibles, turn to Malachi. My one cheesy dad joke. My grandpa used to call this Malachi the Italian prophet. But that's not true. It's Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. I want to talk to you this morning. Um, here's what I believe. I do believe that as your pastor, I'm going to preach before it's over with. That's why my voice is like this. I did it in the first service. But I also need to lay a foundation. We need to teach some things. We want you to be, we want you to have a firm foundation of the truth of God's word. Amen. How many of you know the world has an opinion? But God's got an opinion. It's right here. It's called his word. And I care about God's opinion more than the world's opinion. And so this morning I want to lay a foundation. We're ending this series on Beyond Blessed. And I'll be honest. Money is not my favorite subject to talk about, and it's not your favorite subject to hear because I watch you when I'm preaching it. And the truth is that, that, that it's not, but here's the thing. God wants you to be free in every area of your life, and it's the truth that sets you free. So this morning, I want to lay down the truth to you, and we're going to talk about what is, I want to talk from this subject this morning, don't give God your leftovers. Don't give God your leftovers. Malachi chapter 3 Verse 8, very familiar portion of scripture. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, thank you for your word that changes us. Your word that even steps on our toes. But Father, your word is what sets us free. So help us to hear your word today. Not just man's opinion, but what God has to say about it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Turn around, high five somebody and say, I'm glad I get to see you this morning. And you may be seated. I read a meme this week, and I've seen it before. You've probably seen it on social media. It's about a guy who says, I've got a meeting with the bank this morning, and if all goes well, I'm going to be completely out of debt. And he says, I'm so excited, I can barely get my ski mask on. <laughs> my mom was a, uh, kind of, she was an angel, very pure person, never... I mean, literally, I never said a cuss word in her life, never drank any of those kind of things, drugs. I mean, she was just very innocent her whole life. But she had an ornery streak in her. And she loved to 
play practical jokes. So we're driving one day in Jackson, Mississippi, and we saw my a preacher, best friends with my dad, pastor of our PH church. free, anxiety free, worry free in your life, amen. I don't believe we should have to constantly worry about everything in our life and I believe this morning, so I want to teach you some things about giving. Number one, we give a tithe. What is a tithe? The word tithe in the Hebrew literally means a tenth. It means a tenth. We give a tenth to God. Now I say give, but here's the truth about it. You can't pay a tithe because it's not a debt that you owe. Am I ringing up here somewhere? Sorry, is that a little better if I do that? No, that's worse, actually. There we go. Okay, there we go. Do I need to switch mics, or what's the best option? Do we know? Okay. It's getting worse. I wouldn't just scream, but I don't have a voice to do that. You can't pay a tithe. It's not a debt you owe. That you can't give a tithe. I'm going to use the word give throughout it, but you can't give something that's not yours. But you can bring a tithe. Because the truth is this. What a tithe is saying is, God, I am giving back to you what is already yours. What is really yours. Now, I know all the skeptics. I know what people say. Let me debunk a few things already. I know people say, well, giving, tithing, is an Old Testament principle. Tithing, that word, is not in the New Testament in that way. And you're right. It's not. Here's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they would give a tenth, a tithe. And I'm going to show you by Scripture in a minute that it's still biblical today. But let me just teach you this. They would give a tithe, a tenth, and 90% was theirs to do whatever they wanted with. But here's the thing about God. In the New Testament, God changes things. And I don't mean God changes, but here's what it changes. The law said do this and don't do this. But you know what the New Testament says? God says now you're under grace. You're not under law. You know what grace says? I don't want 10%. I want 100%. It does. 
Grace means I'm not just act after the ten. I'm after a hundred. Here's why. Because Jesus said this. Jesus said that you've heard it said before, do not murder. But I tell you if, you, if you hate somebody and you murder them in your heart, you've already murdered. Jesus said you've heard it said don't lust. But if you com- or don't commit adultery. But if you lust, you've already committed adultery. In other words, the law said as long as I don't do these things, I'm okay. I do this and I don't do this and I'm good. But Jesus says I want your heart. I want all of it. And so why this matter? is this because God doesn't just care about the 10% he also cares about the 90% now how do we prove that 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 10% tithe is not just under the law because this is what happens before the law was ever given in Genesis chapter 14 the Bible says this then Melchizedek king of Salem brought out bread and wine he was the priest of God most high and he blessed him And he said, Blessed be Abram of God, Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham, and he gave him a tithe of all. This is in Genesis. Before the law was ever given, this is what happens. Melchizedek is there. He is the high priest, the king of Salem. And he is this mysterious figure that is almost like a a Christ-like figure. And all of a sudden, because the Bible says this in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews, that Jesus comes not from the lineage of Aaron but he is a high priest of the order of Melchizedek Melchizedek is this important figure who meets Abraham and he says Abraham I'm going to bless you I bless you I pronounce blessings over your life I pronounce blessings over everything and immediately Abraham tithed he gave him a tenth he said Melchizedek I'm giving back because I know God has blessed me why do we give a tithe because we recognize it is God's we recognize that all along God has given us the ability to be able to get money at all. It is God who has given us the power to get wealth and so we tithe back to him and we say God here is 10% and I'm reminding myself that this is yours. I'm not going to rob you. I am going to give it back to you. Amen. Three of you amen me. Amen. Thank you. That's fine. But here's what happens. Why does that matter? Because I would rather have 90% listen to this I would rather have 90% that is blessed than 100% that's not blessed. I'd rather have 90% that God blesses than 100% of my own to do whatever I want. But here's what happens. I give God my tithe, but I also believe I'm also responsible for the 90%. Now, what is the tithe? The tithe is not just the leftovers. How many of you like leftovers from this week? Come on. You know... I like to wake up, we, did, we, we ate at somebody's house on Thursday, so we didn't have as many leftovers at home, but I like to wake up on Friday, and I, I'm a ham guy more than a turkey guy, and you give me some of that ham, and you put it, and you fry it up for me a little bit, you make some homemade biscuits, some gravy, make you want to slap your mama, they're so good, and man, you give me some of that, and I like leftovers like that, but you know what, a lot of people give God their leftovers, God, I'm going to do everything I want to do. I'm going to pay my bills, which is good. You need to pay your bills. And then I'm going to go spend all the way I want. I'm going to buy everything I want. And then, God, if there's any bit left over, I will give it to you. But a tithe is not a leftover. A tithe is the first fruit. Look at what Proverbs chapter 3 says in verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. 
and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord your God with your first fruits. We are called to take our tithe and from the first, from the beginning, give God our first fruits. When I get paid here at the church, the first thing I do, I pay online because we're part of a conference and I pay to them my tithes, but I immediately go online and I pay my tithes first thing. I want God to get the first fruits. Why? Because I want him to bless the 90%. I want the rest to be blessed. I want everything I do to be blessed and so I give God what is his from the very beginning and I pay a tithe back to him. Now, here's what happens. The 90% matters because I've seen people that pay tithe and they blow the 90% and then they get mad at God when they're in debt up to their eyeballs and they can't pay anything. And they say, God, I paid my tithes and you've not been faithful and that's not true. God cares what you do with the 90% as much as he does with the 10%. Because if you give your 10%, but you're a bad steward of the 90%, and you waste the 90%, you can't blame God for you not being able to pay things because you waste the 90%. Whenever me and my wife got, got married, I brought marriage into, I brought debt into our marriage. I told you this before, but I came into the marriage in debt and, and needed some help. She's better at finances than I am. And so we, we got together and we got a plan. And we began to work on this thing. And we've only been married five years. But thankfully, besides the car payment, we are totally out of debt. We are completely out of debt besides the car payment because we began to work on those things. And you know what? Now, because of that, I'm not saying this. I'm not, I don't know what your situation is like. But I'm just telling you the honest truth. Because we're out of debt, my wife is able to stay home with the kids. The church pays me well. I don't, I'm thankful for that. But because of this, she's able to stay home. We're able to save money and go places at times. Because, But we learned to get out of debt. We learned to have a plan. We learned the 90% matters. Why? Because God says in tithes and offerings. And here's the thing. I want to be able to be at the place where I am able to give generously in offerings. Offerings are not tithes. It is going above and beyond. I give the 10%. That is God's. I bring that to God. This is yours. But the 90%, I want to be able to bless other people. I want to hear about a need and say, you know what? I got extra, so here is this. I can give you an offering for that. I want to be able to think about things going on in our community and pay an offering toward that. Why does that happen? Because not only have I given God the 10%, but I've been a good steward of the 90% and I'm living within my means. In America, we like to live way above our means. We like to live like we think everybody else is living. Listen to me. Let me let you in on a secret. All those people that are doing all those things that you think and they're able to afford all that, they are laying in bed at night stressful and stressed out because they are in debt up to their eyeballs. You know what? You can't see that debt on Instagram. You can't see that debt in all the pictures they're taking. But you know what? You can fake some pictures. I saw one one time of a, looked like somebody was on a cruise. They were taking a picture through a toilet seat. You seen that? You can fake a lot of pictures. You can make your life look a lot better than it really is. And the truth is this. We live in comparison. And we see so-and-so doing this. And I want to be able to do that. And so we go in debt doing all this stuff. Dave Ramsey says we go in debt for things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. And that's the truth. 
And the truth is this, if we will begin to live within our means, if we will begin to say, you know what, I'm going to live on less than I make. I am going to be a good steward of this 90%. And I believe this, God will begin to help you to begin to get out of debt, to get to the place where you're financially free, so you're not walking around stressed out all the time. You're not walking around worried all the time. You begin to realize that, God, I am going to bring my tenth to you, but I am going to be a good steward and pray over the 90%, and you're going to give me discipline to be able to live within these means. You're going to give me discipline to be able to live. Some of you say, oh, preacher, you're wearing nice shoes. I got some dress shoes. I got yeah, dress shoes on today. You know how much I pay for these things? $16 at Uptown Cheapskate. Okay? My point is this. You can be a good steward. Of, now, I've got shoes that cost more than $16. Don't get me wrong. But my point is this. I just happen to wear these today. Thank the Lord. Good illustration. Listen, let me say this to you, and I'm going to get to some preaching in a minute. I'm not against people buying things or having things. The problem is when we live at a place where we feel like we have to have that and we're willing to, to lose our soul in a sense to get that, we live with stress and anxiety and worry. And as your pastor today, I love you enough to tell you, you don't have to live with all of that worry and anxiety if you will begin to realize God will meet our needs according to his riches in glory. That's not all of our wants. He meets our needs. I believe God will meet our needs, but we have to begin to realize, God, here is yours, and I'm going to be a good steward of what's left, and then I'm going to give offerings on top of that. Can you say amen? Just help me for a minute. So why do we do this? Three reasons this morning. Number one, I believe that tithing and giving reminds me that God is my source. God is my source. I began to realize that, you know what, my job, and don't, don't go into your boss tomorrow and point at them and say this to them because you'll be in trouble. But your job ultimately is not your source. God is your source. He uses that, but he's your source. You know what? Things around me, this economy is not my source. The government is not my source. What goes on at Washington is not my source. God is my source. And when I began to realize that, I began to realize he will meet my needs. And I, be, I realized he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has everything that I need. I began to recognize that God is the one I'm connected to. He's the vine. I'm the branches. Guess what? I'm connected to my source. And as long as I recognize that, that I am connected to him, and when I give, I I realize, God, I'm kind of nervous. I'm giving this, but I'm giving it by faith. I'm giving it trusting you. I'm giving knowing you're going to meet my needs. You're going to come through time and time again because, God, you are my source. Amen. Several years ago, um, because of what I do as a pastor, I have to pay my own taxes. And several years ago, I, I went and saw my tax guy. It was around April. And um, some things had happened. And, and the tax codes had changed and different stuff. Anyway, long story, but I ended up owing about $3,000 more in taxes than I, than I thought. And I, and, I, and I didn't have the money. I remember driving home, and I was literally in tears saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been faithful. I mean, I, you know, I, I haven't been wasting the money. I paid my taxes, but this thing happened. Now I owe more than I thought, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And as God is my witness, I had somebody call me on the way home. I had to literally stop my tears to answer the phone because I didn't want them to think I'd been crying. And a person said, God says to meet you for dinner tonight. I said, okay. Where do you want to meet? He said, let's meet at Ruby's. I said, okay. So I show up at Ruby's that night, and I'm sitting across from this guy. Had no idea. I hadn't told anybody this had happened. 
And he slides over $3,500 across the table and says, God tells me to give this to you. You need it right now at this time in your life. And it was that one moment that God met my need and God supernaturally met the need that I had and paid for something God knew my heart. He knew I didn't do it on purpose. It was something that, I, that was beyond my control. But it, when, it, when it happened, I didn't know what I was going to do. God met my need. And I believe God was trying to teach me in that moment, son, I'm your source. I'm glad you got a job. I'm glad you got all these things. But I'm your source. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. you got to trust me through everything. You see, the world has a system. Here's the world system. Buy and sell. That's the world system. I buy and I sell. That's how I make it. But God's got a system too. And his system's called the law of sowing and reaping. And the Bible says this in Galatians and Corinthians. Paul says this, you will reap what you sow. If In Galatians, he says, if you sow to the, the flesh, you're going to reap to the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap to the spirit. And in the Corinthians, he says this. He says that as you begin to sow, you begin to realize this, that God loves a cheerful giver. That I understand I am called to sow into the kingdom of God. I live by not the world's economy. I live by God's economy. And God's economy says, I'm going to sow. Even when it doesn't make sense, I keep sowing. Even whenever I can't see everything, I keep sowing. And one of these days, a harvest is going to come in because I've been sowing. I've been faithful. God is my source. He's the one that's going to be there for me. And because he's my source, I realize God's going to be faithful. Amen? Amen. Number two, I believe this. I believe that we're called to take God at his word. This is one of the few places in the Bible that God says, test me and try me. God says, you just try it out for yourself. That's what he says. He says, Test me and try me. He says, how have you robbed me in tithes and offerings? And he says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. And there may be room. For, and by the way, let me just say this to you quickly. Um, I didn't have all this in all my notes, but let me just say this to you. I believe that the, your storehouse is where you're being fed. If you're here today and you go to another church, go pay your tithes at that storehouse. Um, we'll take your money and your offerings if you want to give that. You're blessed to do it. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Bad joke. But um, no. But I believe our tithes go to where our storehouse. And by the way, I do believe this. I believe that if every believer did what God had called us to do, there would be more in the kingdom of God to do everything that we're called to do. And not just this church, every church. I do believe that. But listen, God says, test me and try me. Just see. And I, I want to tell you this morning, this may sound weird. I'm sure other preachers may not say this to you. But I just encourage you, try it for a while. Test it. See if God will not be faithful. See if God will not come through. God says, test me now, says the Lord. Try me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you can't contain. I believe whenever I'm faithful, I believe when I'm a good steward of the 90%, I believe as I give, God says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and you're going to have so much blessings, you can't handle it. I can handle a lot, so I like that, amen? I mean, God says, I'm going to pour so much on you. And listen to me, for Landmark Church, I know we got some needs. I know that, listen, we, we, need, we need a bigger building. This, this room is full today. I know what God is doing. You know when God began to bless us financially? When we began to give overseas into our community. When we began to give to missions, God began to bless us. And we saw God increase over the years. We've seen giving increase every year. When we became generous, God began to bless us. And God began to sow into us. And I want you to know this morning, I believe where God is taking us, He is our source. We can take Him 
at his word. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe he's going to come through for us. I believe that, you know what? I don't ever want to get us to a place where we can't be generous. We want to keep sowing into our community. We want to keep giving. We want to keep being a blessing. And as we do that, God's going to keep opening up the windows of heaven over Landmark Church and pouring out a blessing on us that we can't handle. Amen? We take God at his word. And then number three, the worship team can join me. Not only do we realize that God is our source and we take him at his word, but number three, God will fight for you. We sang it earlier. I didn't even catch that the first service, but it's interesting how the Holy Spirit does this. I don't tell the worship team what I'm preaching. But they say, and it says, God fights our battles. Here's what Malachi says. Here's what God says in the book of Malachi. He says, there is a bug Israel that you've dealt with and the bug devours your plants I tried to be a farmer one time by farmer I mean I had a raised bed that Miss Gladys Wyatt left at the house when she passed away and they gave it to us as a parsonage and I decided to use it one day and plant some squash and zucchini because I like fried squash and uh, you know I thought that'd be good and so I'd go make some and I woke up one day and go out there and the plants have huge holes in them because a bug was coming when I wasn't looking and was devouring the vine. In Malachi, God says, there's a devourer, Israel, that's been coming in and been destroying the fruit of your vine. But here's my promise to you, Israel. If you will begin to give in tithes and offerings, if you will be faithful, here's my promise, Israel, is this. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. Listen, some of you have had things going on even when you're not even paying attention. The enemy has come after your life. The enemy is trying to destroy you. The enemy wants to destroy what God is doing in your life. The enemy wants to destroy. He's trying to kill the vine. He's trying to go behind there and the devourer is trying to eat you up and eat you alive. But I got good news for you. You've got one named Jesus who fights for us and he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm going to come and I'm going to take that thing that is trying to destroy you and I'm going to rebuke you and I believe this I believe as we are faithful in our giving I believe we can take God at his word I believe we can trust him he's our source and I believe that God behind the scenes is fighting in ways we can't imagine so this morning I'm going to pray over you in a minute we're going to do something different we've never done before I've been here Almost 16 years, never done this. We're going to do it one time this morning. I'm going to ask our ushers to come down here and stand. In a few moments, I'm going to have you stand. Just a moment. You stay seated. Just a moment. I'll have you stand. And I'm going to pray over your finances. And then I'm going to ask you as we sing this last song, Honey in the Rock. I asked them if they would change it to Money in the Rock this one time, but they didn't. You guys will come stand and face them, please. Just come stand. Yeah, there you go. You can stand over there, Kevin. In a moment, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to pray over because I believe God, I believe some of you need a breakthrough in your finances. And I believe God's going to supernaturally give you, number one, let me say this to you, some discipline. To be able to say, God, I trust you with this. Maybe it's sitting down and writing a budget. Maybe it's realizing, you know what, I can, I can make some extra money doing this. God's going to meet your needs and give you creative ways, but you've got to trust him. You've got to trust him. And I'm going to ask you in a moment, maybe you pay your tithes online and that's fine. 
You can bring your phone down here and just wave it if you want to. That's fine. If you don't have any cash, I don't carry cash on me a lot of times, ask your neighbor to borrow a dollar with no interest and say, I'm never going to pay you back, okay? Just grab a dollar from them. Here's what we're going to do in a moment. We're singing Honey in the Rock, and I want to end with this illustration. The children of Israel are in the middle of the desert. They don't have food. They don't have water. But God gave them honey out of the rock and water out of a stone. He met their needs. He provided what they needed in that moment. He said, I'm going to meet your needs. Here's honey in this rock. Here's water. You are going to survive. So I want you to stand up with me this morning. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also, if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.